السلام علیکم و رحمت الله بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم لا حول ولا قوت الا بالله العلی العظیم الحمد لله رب العالمین و صلی الله علی سیدنا و نبینا عبالقاسم المصطفی محمد و علی آله الطیبین الطاهرین لا سیما بقیت الله فی الارضین اجل الله تعالی فرجه الشریف و جعلنا من اعوان منزل The last point we were discussing was about the way the Quran was compiled. And I said that there are two views. One view is that at least part of the chapters were decided after the demise of the Prophet by companions or caliphs. In the sense that they say because revelation was going on till the demise of the Prophet. So they say it's naturally uh, not possible to imagine that the Quran was sealed in the sense that they say, okay, this is the beginning, this is the end between two covers, so nothing is going to change. So they say that maybe... Uh, they waited till the Prophet passed away and then after that they decided how to organize them and some chapters which were long maybe for example they said these verses we put them in those chapters this is one view but uh, the other view which seems much more convincing and stronger is the view which has been said and adopted by many scholars in the past and in our contemporary age like Sayyidah Murtada in the past, Ayatollah Khui in the recent years which says that no, it was the Prophet Wasallam himself who instructed Muslims where to put different verses so if one chapter was revealed entirely at one time so that was uh, obvious but if it was a long chapter and part of the chapter was revealed for example this year another maybe another year or different months or even maybe partly in Mecca partly in Medina so uh, still it was the prophet who was telling them what to do and there are hadiths which tell this that when some verses were, re- were revealed the prophet said put this for example in surat uh, Anfal for example and in addition to the hadith, I said that this is an issue that you don't need even to go to hadith. This is such a fundamental issue that even if there is no hadith to suggest that it was done by the Prophet. And there are tens of hadith which say that it was done after. And still we don't believe in these hadith. Why? Because we have this principle that every hadith, even if it's received through reliable sources, which is not the case about those hadiths, and normally they are conflicting and they come from not reliable sources, many of them are not even available in our own books, they are taken from other books. But even with respect to the reliable sources, 
we have this principle that Ahlul Bayt have taught us that everything which is against the Quran should be thrown away, should be left aside. When the Quran is clearly saying, so I repeat my argument, those of you who were not there yesterday, when the Quran clearly says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent the Quran truthfully, Bilhaq. And it was delivered by Jesus, Belhaq. The Prophet received it, Belhaq, and delivered this, Belhaq. Also, Allah says, we are going to protect the Quran. This is the book which is not possible to be distorted because this is a book which is Aziz, it has dignity, it's not possible to be defeated. No one can penetrate into this book. Falsehood cannot reach this book. And more than that, Allah says, Allah says to the Prophet, putting the Quranic idea into words, it's up to us. Recitation of the Quran is to us. Explanation is upon us. So, all this is to make sure that the message of God is delivered to humanity. And if the order of the verses were just done by the people who were not instructed by the Prophet, it damages the whole message. Because many things can be understood when we believe that this order is done by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, imagine we say in Surah Hamd, or say Surah Baqarah, maybe you say Surah Hamd was obvious, it was recited one time. Okay, Surah Baqarah. I start Alif Lam Mim Zalik al Kitab La Raiba fi Hodal del Muttaqin, Alladina Yu Omenuna Bil Ghaib. So I say, because these come together, so Alladina Yu Omenuna Bil Ghaib, it's explaining who are the Muttaqin. But if there is a possibility that maybe someone has put these together, not the Prophet himself. So the whole connections will be lost. And many things we can understand by reflection on this way that the verses go on. So, I think we have very clear theological ground to suggest that nothing that can affect our understanding of the Quran was allowed to happen, was permitted to happen. Nothing which can affect our understanding of the Qur'an. Everyone must have access to the original revelation. Everyone must have access to the text, including the wording and the order. The order of the words are also important. Yes, misunderstanding, misinterpretation doesn't make any problem. Why? Because still every person has the Qur'an, can check it. If someone misunderstands the Qur'an, even if the entire generation misunderstands the Qur'an, the next generation still can go back and understand the Qur'an properly. But if one generation changes the whole Qur'an, the wording of the Qur'an or the order of the Qur'an, then the next generation has no access to the original Qur'an. And this is against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protecting the Qur'an. So this is very, I think, clear theological ground and in addition to that we have many hadiths which say that the prophet himself was instructing 
We have many problems with those hadiths, as Ayatollah Khoui has mentioned. Those hadiths are very much confusing and in conflict. Some say it was done by Abu Bakr, some say by Umar, some say by Usman, some say it was by Zayd ibn Thabit. He was writing, some people say Zayd was asking two people to come or be a witness that two people support them. Very confusing. And the other thing that we mentioned was <coughs> something that perhaps is new and maybe uh, not that much stressed on in other books. Was We said that the whole idea of memorization of the Qur'an is a good evidence that Qur'an must have an order in time of, in time of the Prophet. Why? Because... On the one hand, we know that there were hundreds of Huffaz of Qur'an. Even in one battle, 400 people were killed who were all Hafiz. In another, tens of Huffaz. Many Huffaz were in the time of the Prophet. Okay. If you have a little bit experience of memorization of the Qur'an, you know that you cannot memorize scattered sentences. You need to have organization. If you want to memorize 6,000 verses without any organization, it would be impossible. So they must have at least divided these into 114, for example, chapters, or 100 chapters gradually, it was, for example, increasing. So they must have classified that according to chapters. Even long chapters, they had to divide it into different hesbs. So that they can memorize. And also, when they wanted to review for each other. For example, how someone was recognized as a Hafiz. He was going to, for example, recite for you. How could you review the Quran if you don't have any system? You cannot just say, okay, start and say one of these 6,000. Then what would be the next? What would it? You, will be, you will get mad. If these 6,000 are just scattered around, you have to have a system. You have to make it into compartments so that you can memorize and also you can review with each other. The other evidence is that we have hadith from the Prophet ﷺ which talks about the reward for khatmul Qur'an, recitation of the entire Qur'an. For example, about the month of Sha'ban, you know, the sermon which was delivered in the month of Sha'ban, uh, about the month of Ramadan actually, but it was delivered in the month of Sha'ban. The Prophet said, whoever recites one verse in month of Sha'ban is like reciting the whole Quran in rest of the year. If you look carefully, you realize that Khatmul Quran doesn't make sense unless there is a system. How can you say that I have read the entire book? If there is no actually book and there are just scattered pieces of text, it doesn't make sense to say I have recited the entire book. The concept of Khatmul Quran means that the Quran was very known to people that if they want to do Khatmul Quran, they should start from this and end with this. And they can realize how much progress they, they have made, how much is left. It doesn't make sense to say Khatmul Quran and just have no system. 
The other evidence is that the Prophet says that this is reward for recitation of this surah. So if these surahs were not organized, it doesn't make sense that this is the reward for recitation of this surah. Or Muslims right from the time of Mecca, they started praying. Praying was one of the early legislations made. And then all the way to Medina. And then inside Medina. They were reciting Salat at least five times a day. After Surah Ham, they had to recite another Surah. If the concept of Surah was missing, so they didn't know what to say. At least for us followers of Ahlul Bayt, there must be no ambiguity that Surahs were very well known to people, very clearly defined and decided because uh, our Sunni brothers say that, for example, can be a passage, doesn't need to be the whole surah. But when we say it has to be the whole surah, so the surahs must be clearly defined. Also when the Quran says, for challenging, bring ten surahs like the Quran. And later said one surah, so it must be clear. So I personally am confident that everything regarding the order of the chapters and what should be put in the chapters, I mean order inside the chapter, was decided in time of the Prophet. Whether Surat Baqarah comes first or Surat Ali Imran comes first, that is not going to make big difference. Although I think it was the case that it was decided like this. But if someone says, no, it was in another order, but there must be an order. And I personally believe that it was the same order that we have today. Because if they wanted to change the order, they had to change the mind of all Hoffas and all people. You know, it was very difficult and they couldn't, you know, justify this. So it must be the same order. The only thing is that Imam Ali also put aside this, I mean, next to this, some extra information about when the verse was revealed, where was it revealed, what was the reason the verse was revealed. He put all this information and unfortunately they didn't take it. But there was no substantial difference as far as the Quran itself was concerned. And this is why Imam Ali didn't insist. He was given this task by the Prophet. If Imam Ali saw that they have messed up the Quran, he would have protested and he would have said, you know, I cannot you know, tolerate this, I'm going to fight over this, because this is the task that Prophet has given me. And even later Imams, they always ask people to go back to the Quran, to check with the Quran, which is the only Quran which is available. So, our conclusion is that the Quran that we have today, not only is missing any word or having any extra word, even you can be sure that what is in each page of the Qur'an, in each passage of the Qur'an, it's all put this order in, by the instruction of the Prophet So you don't need to worry, maybe someone has misplaced this verse here, it was a mistake. No, at all. You can be completely confident about the order and sequence of the verses.
The next issue that we want to talk is about understanding the Quran. This is a very important issue about language of the Quran. If we remember our theological principles, this issue can be easily solved. Otherwise, there are people who are confused here. Some people, because of some uh, new ideas about hermeneutics, they have the idea that it's impossible to understand the text. Every reader is projecting his own understanding to the text. The text doesn't have this you know, interpretation. And at the end, you cannot understand really any text. It's your reading of the text. And then when there are two different views, they say, okay, both are correct. That is your reading, that is my reading. Both can be correct. And it means that the text itself is not helping us. The text is leaving us in disagreement, in confusion, in illusion. And this is quite wrong. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed the Qur'an so that the Qur'an can be understood. Not that so that people can read it and understand it in different ways. There is one way of understanding the Qur'an which is proper. There is one way of interpreting the Qur'an which is proper. We have to struggle to find out. If we disagree, okay, we say, at least one of us has made mistake. Maybe both of us have made mistake. Maybe another interpretation is correct. But I cannot say we are all correct. We have to make efforts to find out which interpretation, which reading of the text is the one which is reliable. In Surah Qamar, which is chapter 54, in verse 17, 22, 32, and 40, so four times in the same chapter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ يَسَّرْنَا الْقُرْآنَ لِلذِّكْرِ فَهَلْ مِنْ مُتَّكِرِ We have made the Qur'an an easy book for remembrance. Allah has made Quran a book which is easy, uh, sorry, easy to read, to understand, to remember, to reflect. It's not a puzzle. It's not something which is confusing. It's not something which is ambiguous, something which is clouded. In Surah Dukhan, chapter 50, uh, 44, verse 58, Allah says, we have made the Qur'an easy in your tongue. So that people can remember. The same idea. So Allah has especially designed the Qur'an in the way that you can understand the Qur'an. And also the Qur'an can remain in your mind. This can be true about remembrance of the meaning it can also be true about remembrance of the letters of the Qur'an also. Because even the letters are revealed. Maybe in the whole world, you don't have any book like the Qur'an which has so many memorizers. I don't think any book is memorized like the Qur'an. There are maybe hundreds of thousands of Hufazul Qur'an. 
So there must be something that you can memorize the Quran. You cannot memorize every book with this size. Even some of the memorizers, they don't know Arabic. And still, the way these words are designed and put together is so beautiful that they can still remember. But more than remembrance of the words is remembrance of the concepts. Quran is a book to help us to remember, to understand. In Surah Zumar, which is chapter 39, verses 27 and 28, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Not only Allah makes things very clear, He also uses examples and parables. Why He uses parables? For example, when he talks about his light, he says, Or for example, sometimes some of the hearts are like rocks. So he uses all different examples. Or sometimes he uses, for example, example of a spider. Some people's life is like house of a spider. It's very weak. Allah says, So that they can remember. Because Quran is a book of remembrance. So in all these verses, the focus is on remembrance. Allah has sent Quran to remind us of our innate knowledge of Himself and of what is good and what is bad and also to teach us something new. Teaches you something that you were not able to understand. But the most essential things are the things that we just need to remember. Sometimes a person must come and refresh our memory. The Quran is revealed in the way that you can understand and therefore you can remember. Quranan Arabian Ibajan It's after the previous verse. This Qur'an is a text which can be recited, which can be read. Because you know, Qur'an, if it is without alif and lam, can be used in a general sense. In the sense that a text which can be read. This is a text which is Arabic. Arabic either means Arabic or means clear. Because in Arabic language, the term Arabi by itself means clear. And I'rab means to make letters clear. And I explained to you once uh, why Arabs are called Arabs and the others are called Ajam. Because they couldn't understand non-Arabs, so they said these are Ajams. Means they cannot understand what they say. It's as if they don't speak. You know, like for example, when we listen to the birds, we think they don't have any language. So we say these are, you know, without any tongue. In Farsi we say, Zabon Baste. The tongue is closed, blockage. But it's because I cannot understand. So because they were not able to understand other languages or because they were very uh, confident about their own language, which is very clear, so they called non-Arabs Ajam. Whether they are Persians or Romans, they called all of them Ajam. And one of the famous hadiths from the Prophet is that he said, 
لا فضل العربيا على عجميا No Arab has superiority over Ajam or Ajam over Arab. Black over white or white over black. No one has superiority except Taqwa. Otherwise, these are not sign of superiority. So, Quran and Arabian either means Arabic text or means clear text in which there is no distortion, there is no ambiguity, no deviation. So that people may become pious. And there are many more. I just brought you some verses which makes it very clear that the Quran is a book which has been sent to be understood. It really doesn't make sense to say that Allah has taken all these initiatives to send Jibra'il to the Prophet over 20 years revealing the Quran so that then people cannot understand it. People say, okay, everyone can have his own understanding. Everyone can have his own reading. This doesn't make sense. This must be something which is understandable. If I want to invite you to a place, for example, I want to invite you to my house for iftari, and I send you a message, if this message cannot be understood, so what is the point? Or if I send you a message, you read it, you understand it in one way. Your wife says, no, it means something else. Then you say, okay, we are both correct. So you go to do two different places. And then I say, no, I had my own reading. So none of those were correct. This is confusing. This is not the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks with his servants. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses very clear language for the people who want to understand. Not for the people who want to be confused. You know, there are people who enjoy to be confused. The famous example is the example of the cow, the cow of Bani Israel. The cow of Bani Israel. Allah said, you must slaughter this animal because they didn't want to do this. They made lots of questions. What must be the color, the size, the age? Every question. And at the end, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they finally slaughtered this, but it was very unlikely to do it. Then they had no choice. They were just hoping that when they ask, what is the color, perhaps the Prophet Musa doesn't give them answers. So they, oh, you didn't tell us the answer, so we don't know what to do. So they were hoping you know, to make so many questions and then get Musa angry. And they say, okay, so this is your responsibility. You don't give answer to us. Everyone who wants to understand, everyone who has this piety in the heart, Quran helps. Hudan lil muttaqin is guidance for the pious people. And in addition to that, the Quran says, I have also given you a teacher who is the Prophet. If there was anything in need of interpretation, anything in need of explanation, the Prophet must have explained to us. It was his responsibility. If, na'uzubillah, the Prophet didn't explain the things which were not understandable for us, he has not delivered the message. If I send you a letter with a person and say, in addition to the letter, give them this code. 
they must have this code or this, you know, secret in their mind so that they can understand my text. If that person just give the letter and not the code, so he has betrayed me. So, the Qur'an is sent for understanding and Alhamdulillah, you see, even today, after 14 centuries, people who don't know Arabic, people who don't know the culture of that time, the conceptual framework of that time, they read translations which are mostly poor. We don't have that good translation in all languages. Most of the translations are poor. Still, they read the Quran and they understand and they not only understand, they appreciate. Many people embrace Islam just because of the Quran. So it means that it's possible to understand the Quran. It makes sense to them. So, the Quran is a book which can be understood. But, at the same time, we have to emphasize that no one can understand everything about the Quran. There are different levels of understanding. No one can say, I have understood everything. This is one of the beauties of the Quran. Even if you spend tens of years on reflection, reading, studying Quran, still the next morning you can understand something new. This is never finishing. The Prophet Muhammad said, لَهُ ذَحْرٌ وَبَطْنٌ Quran has an outward dimension and inward. Outward, inward. External, internal. فَظَاهِرُهُ حِكْمَةٌ وَبَاطِنُهُ عِلْمٌ The outward aspect of the Quran is wisdom. The inward is knowledge. What is the difference? Is hikmah separate from knowledge? No. Hikmah is not separate from knowledge. But hikmah is a special type of knowledge. Hikmah is something that you need to be able to have proper life, to have success. But knowledge does not stop with that. In addition to having successful life, you can learn more and more. So therefore, knowledge goes up to the depths of the ocean of the Qur'an, but at least if even you are familiar with the surface, you get enough to be successful in your life. So the Prophet said, فَظَاهِرُهُ حِكْمَةُ وَبَاطِنُهُ عِلْمُ ظَاهِرُهُ أَنِيقٌ وَبَاطِنُهُ عَمِيقٌ If you look at the surface of the Qur'an, it's very beautiful. Sometimes, you know, for example, we have a box and the surface of the box is very beautiful. Or we have, a, for example, desk, we put a very beautiful dress on the, for example, desk. But 
there is something inside which is even more beautiful, which is much deeper. Quran has beautiful surface, but it's not only surface, it has also depths. Lahu nujumun wa'ala nujumihi nujumun. Quran has stars. Quran is like a sky with stars, but not one level of stars. And the stars are stars. So you can never reach the end of this sky. So if it's an ocean, you cannot reach the bottom of the ocean. If it's a sky, you cannot reach the end of the sky. No one can exhaust wonders of the Quran. No one can say, I made a list of all the wonderful ideas of the Quran. And this is one billion beautiful ideas. No. No one can exhaust it. This list never ends. And beautiful and novel ideas of Quran never get outdated. Quran is always fresh. Quran today is as fresh as the Quran was revealed 14 centuries ago. This is like the tree that Allah mentions in the Quran. Allah gives us a parable, an example. A pleasant, a beautiful word is like a pleasant, beautiful, goodly tree. Imagine a tree. You know, in Islam, we very much revere tree. So those who are interested in environment, you know, they should know that for us, tree is very important. So not only we have Shajaratan Mubarakatan Zaytuna in Ayatul Nur, here also Allah says, Kashajaratan Tayyib. Asluha Thabit Sama. Imagine a tree which is very strong. It had its roots very firm. But the branches are spread in a sky. Tu'oti, this is very beautiful. Tu'oti, okulaha kullahinan bi'ithn rabbaha. Every time, now and then, it bears its fruits. It doesn't bear fruit just once. Every age, every time, every year, it brings new fruits. At a time, the most clever and the most genius people wrote tafsir of Quran like Majma'ul Bayan. The late Tabarsi, Rahmatullah wrote tafsir Majma'ul Bayan, which is very good tafsir. And for centuries, you know, this was the best tafsir in the Shiite houses. Then Allah wrote Al-Mizan. When you compare Al-Mizan to Majma'ul Bayan, it's like comparing university textbook to primary textbook. And now we see that students of Allah Matabatabai are even continuing and writing much more developed ideas from the Quran. And I'm sure the next generation would do, inshallah, better. So, never... 
we face a situation that you say, oh, everything is set. I remember in early years when I went to Hosea, I was thinking that, Alhamdulillah, our ulama have done everything. They have not left anything for us. Because everywhere, you know, there are so many beautiful books. So I was thinking nothing is left for us. Then I realized that, mashallah, they have done great works, but still much left for us. Even if all people, you know, in our generation work hard, still they cannot exhaust all the knowledge of the Qur'an. So, the Qur'an is always fresh. The Qur'an will never get outdated. A person asked Imam Sadiq This is very beautiful hadith. And hadith is narrated by Imam Raza. Imam Raza says about a person who asked Imam Sadiq He asked Imam Sadiq, Ma balul Qur'an? لا يزداد على النشر والدرس إلا قضاضة. What is the reason that when the Quran is studied, is read, it doesn't get except fresher? You know, sometimes you read a book two times, three times, then you are bored with the book. I have read this book twice, three times. I don't think you find any person who likes to read a book 1,000 times. Why Quran is different? Even if you read Quran 1,000 times, that when you read it for 1,000 and once, again, there are new things in the Quran. So he asked this question from Imam Sadiq Imam Sadiq said, لَأَنَّ اللَّهَ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَىٰ لَمْ يَجْعَلْهُ لِلزَّمَانٍ دُونَ زَمَانٍ because Allah has not made the Qur'an for one age rather than another age. Allah is timeless. To be eternal in the sense of Allah means timeless. It doesn't mean that He has always been in time. He's out of time. Word of God is also timeless. So Allah has not made the Qur'an for the people in the time of the advent of Islam. It's not, Allah has not made Quran for some people, for example, just for the Arabs or for Middle Eastern people. The Quran is as much as for the Westerners as for the Easterners. It's not revealed for any group of people. For men and for women. For young and old. For all. فَهُوَا فِي كُلِّ زَمَانٍ جَدِيدٍ So because Qur'an is timeless, when people who are bound to timing encounter the Qur'an, they find the Qur'an always fresh. Because Qur'an has no timing. We have time. So for them Qur'an is always new. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is Allah getting old? Na'uzu billah. Allah is always... If you can say this word, of course you cannot say this word, but if you can say, you can say Allah is always young. <laughs> Allah is always fresh. Of course, we are hesitant to say Allah is young, but you can, in, in a sense, say this. Like, for example, the people of heaven. We say, Mu'mineen in heaven and all are young. There is no time there. Why we say young? Because it means we are not old. 
means that they are not affected by time. Okay? The people, mu'minin, are always young. Even in dunya, I believe the heart of mu'minin is always young. In dunya, mu'min's heart doesn't become old. There is always freshness in the heart of mu'min. There is always energy, vibrant, energetic. Even maybe he's 100 years old, he's still very much humorous, which is a sign of being, you know, fresh. Always ready to take risks. There's a moment. So, in Akhirah, of course, everyone who goes to heaven is young. So, you know the story of that old person that was told that there is no old person in heaven. And that person was very sad. That, so, there is no chance for us. And then it was said that you first become young and then you go to heaven. Because there is no possibility to be in heaven and be burdened with the age. Be old, be tired, have pain in your back or your knees. <laughs> this is not in heaven. Anyway, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not getting old. The same is with his word. It's always fresh. So Imam Sadiq said, فَهُوَ فِي كُلِّ زَمَانٍ جَدِيدٌ Quran in every time, every age, every generation is new, is fresh. For every nation, for every group of people, Quran is fresh. Till the day of resurrection, Quran always will remain fresh. In another hadith, Imam Raza said, this was Imam Raza quoting Imam Sadiq. Another is from Imam Raza himself. La yakhluqo min al-azmina. Khalq here is not in the sense of creation. It means getting old. One of the meanings of khalq is to get old. Quran by the passage of time doesn't become old. Wala yaghithu ala al-alsina. And Quran would not become a spoiled or, you know, have get, for example, weak or have problems on tongues, in tongues. لَأَنَّهُ لَمْ يُجْعَلْ لِزَمَانٍ دُونَ زَمَانٍ بَلْ جُعِلَ الدَّلِيلَ الْبُرْحَانِ وَحُجَّةً عَلَى كُلِّ إِنسَانِ Because Quran is not revealed for any time, a specific time. And Quran is made a guide which illustrates the truth, makes everything clear. And it is hujjah for every human being. Hujjah has a beautiful explanation in Ziyarat al Yasin. It's very difficult to interpret what is hujjah. Especially in English, there is no single word to explain what is hujjah. The best thing that I have found is in Ziyarat al Yasin. When we say, Salamun ala ali yaseen, assalamu alayka ya da'iya Allahi wa rabbaniya ayatih, assalamu alayka ya baballahi wa dayyana dinih. Then we have two salams, one for khalifatullah, one is for hujjatullah. Because these are all for Imam Zaman. For khalifatullah we say, 
السلام علیك یا خلیفت الله و ناصر حقه This is the best explanation of Khalifatullah. Assalamu alayka ya hujjatullah wa dalila iradatihi. The best explanation of hujjatullah that I have found. Who is Khalifatullah? Nasir haqqihi. Khalifatullah is the one who is looking after Allah's rights. The one who is appointed as a guardian by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to run the affairs of this world according to the will of the Lord of this world. This is Khalifatullah. The vicegerent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you have a Khalifa, a deputy, in your office, you say, okay, I am going to travel, you look after everything. So what is he supposed to do? Is to make sure that your interests, your rights are observed. And Hujjah, is Dalila Iradati. Hujja is the sign for understanding the will of God. This is the best explanation of Hujja that I have found. Hujja is something that when you refer to, you realize what Allah wants from you. It can be a book like Quran. Quran is Hujja. Why? Because when we read the Quran, we understand what is Allah's will. Prophet was Hujjah. Imams are Hujjah. Why? Because by referring to them, we can understand the will of God. Or in the time of occultation, Imam Zaman said, refer to the people who know our teachings, فَإِنَّهُمْ حُجَّةِ عَلَيْكُمْ وَأَنَا حُجَّةُ اللَّهِ Those who are familiar with our teachings, your scholars, your ulama, these are the people that they are my hujjah over you and I am also hujjah of Allah over them. So it means that by referring to them, you understand my will and by understanding my will, you understand Allah's will because they themselves don't have access directly to heaven. They can only explain our teachings and we explain the will of Allah to you. As a result, hujjah has two functions. Or we can use it in two ways. Because this is the way to understand Allah's will. This is the way Allah communicates His will to us. So on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would ask us, have you acted according to my hujjah? So we have to be answerable to Allah whether we have followed hujjah or not. We cannot say we didn't know. Allah says, I have given you hujjah. So you have to have an answer. Have you followed the hujjah or not? So this is the way that Allah argues. But on the other hand, we can also use hujjah for saying to Allah, the reason I have acted in this way is because this hujjah told me this. So this gives us protection. Why you said your prayer like this? Why you went to Hajj and performed your Hajj like this? You say, this is what my Marja said. My Marja is the Hujjah that Imam Zaman, who is your Hujjah, has told me. So I have answer. But if I don't act according to my Marja, and I don't have access to Imam Zaman, and I don't have access to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then I am left without Hujjah. On the day of judgment, I have no Hujjah. 
So every person must have his hujja with him so that on the day of judgment he can say this is the reason why I have acted in this way and not that way. So this is the function of hujja. It can be for you if you benefit from it. It can be against you if you ignore it. If you don't act upon it, it becomes against you. So, the Qur'an is the hujjah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Qur'an is dalilul burhan, is a guide for having burhan, having proof, having illustration of the truth. So, it's a very clear book. But a book that has always new ideas to offer. Deeper layers. And inshallah, what I will try to mention tomorrow is to give you a little bit understanding of the difference between understanding the surface or the apparent or the outward meaning of the Quran and understanding the inward or deeper meanings of the Quran, which is tafsir. And what should be the criteria for a sound tafsir? Because we have also people who do tafsir and their tafsir is not accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's tafsir bil ra'i. They interpret the Quran according to their own personal opinions, according to their own whims, according to their own uh, interests. And it's very dangerous. And there is hadith that whoever interprets the Quran according to his personal opinions which are not grounded in the truth, they will go to hell. مَنْ فَسَّرَ الْقُرْآنَ بِالرَّعْيِهِ فَلْيَتَبَعْوَ مَقْعَدُهُ مِنَ النَّارِ So he would be seated in hell. So this is the book of Allah, this is the word of Allah. I cannot come and put my own uh, you know, self-imposed interpretation to the Qur'an and na'uzu billah misguide people. We need to have knowledge, we need to have methodology, we need to have a scholarship, when it comes to tafsir, yes, when it is just a literal meaning, outward meaning, okay, it's not that difficult. You need to master the language and be honest. But when I want to say, this is what Allah means by this, this is what you have to do, then it's not job that everyone can do. This is a scholarly job. Inshallah, we'll talk about this tomorrow. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable us to understand the Qur'an, inshallah, better and to follow Qur'an, inshallah, better. May Allah make the Qur'an our friend in this life and our shafi, inshallah, in the next life. May Allah enable us to increase our understanding of all the teachings of the Prophet and Ahlul Bayt, and show in practice the beauties of following the teachings of Ahlul Bayt to the people who are interested in any part of the world. May Allah, inshallah, make these remaining days and nights of months of Ramadan, inshallah, very blessed for inshallah us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala include our name in the list of all people that Allah is pleased with them in this month of Ramadan. Allah has forgiven them in this month of Ramadan. Allah has chosen them for His own service in this month of Ramadan. And may inshallah this would not be the last month of Ramadan in our life.